Hello, everyone, and welcome back to How to Chess, a weekly chess improvement podcast and sometimes YouTube show. And we've got a great show for you coming up. We are joined by Han Shu, who is a certified chess steps trainer, a USCF master, a chessable author, most recently of Daniel Dubov's Explosive Italian. He's also a frequent contributor to New in Chess magazine and a chess parent. His daughters, Donna and Lisa, were both top scholastic players, and Lisa was the youngest ever Dutch women's champion. She won it at the age of 19. And Han is going to share something I've actually talked to him before about in some collaborations, some classes we did together. He's been sort of um, developing a unique approach to chess improvement that that he'll be telling us about. Um, but first, let's welcome him to the show. Han, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me back, uh, Ben. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, and I should mention he was on Perpetual Chess episode 142, actually an accomplished adult improver. Han uh, gained about over about 150 USCF rating points uh, at the age of 50 or 51 and earned the USCF National Master title. So as an aspiring uh, 50-year-old myself, uh, someday. Um, th- there was a lot that I could gain from from that. And Jan um, sets a great example for, for us to continue working on our chess as we get older. Um, so, Han, are you ready for question number one here on How to Chess? Yes. Thank you for your kind words. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. So question number one is, could you just describe broadly, Han, what this new approach you've, you've uh, sort of developed to chess improvement is? Yeah, so it all started with the following. I received a comment from a reader who stated that an adult improvement sometimes seems elusive because all the knowledge we acquire in training doesn't translate to skills over the board. So this got me thinking. Often players define their study plans in terms of acquiring knowledge. Like, I'm going to study this book instead of verified skills, which could be something like, I'm going to master this pawn and game technique and then hone my skills by solving these 100 puzzles. So if you look in general to the process of, uh, of learning, it goes from knowledge to understanding to application, skills. So I decided to turn the process around and focus on what you do, your skills and habits, which is the second part, instead of acquiring knowledge. And then I started to implement it in the following way. When you analyze your game, determine the root cause of your mistakes using the 5Y technique. So you continue to ask yourself why, and then you identify which skill is missing or which habit you have to change for you not to make the same mistake again. Then you make a remediation plan, build the missing skill or change the habit, and you monitor whether you have acquired the skill. Shall I give some uh, a few examples because this is all? Yeah, well, I was going to mention, yeah. So let's say I, or maybe you have a specific example you'd like to share, but maybe I just hang a, hang a rook to a knight fork. Like what would be the appropriate uh, diagnosis of uh, what really happened there? Yeah, so you start by asking why did it, did, it, did it happen? And so it might be in a youth tournament, right? It's Sunday morning and... After the tournament, you you uh, you you, uh, you evaluate the game with your student, and he says, "You know, so what happened? Yeah, I just I just hang a I just hang a rook. So why?" He says, "Well, I was very tired. So why were you so tired? Well, we were staying in a hotel together with my brother and together with my parents in one room, 
And after the games on Saturday, we first went swimming for a few hours. Then we returned to our room and my parents, they watched television. We played video games. And in the end, you know, it's like we went to bed really late. And the next day I was so tired and I just blundered to peace. I didn't see it. So you understand, you go from why to tired, and then you get to the habit of how the setup is in the tournament. And then you try to change the habit. So let me give a few other examples. The first one is a teammate traded his active pieces instead of attacking and ended up defending and lost. So he knows, his knowledge is, don't trade pieces unless you are forced to, or it leads to immediate advantage. That is what his trainer will have taught him. So why didn't he do it? So I asked him why. He says, I don't trust my calculation. I got burned too many times overseeing something. So nowadays I choose safe moves. So we cannot just leave it with giving him the advice to, to stay in complexity and to accept complexity. We have to work on his skill, which is concrete calculation. Uh, just another example, because those habits are very important. Uh, a student just lost a piece right out of the opening in classical lead chess game. So I asked him, what was the root cause? Why? Why? What happened? Was it opening knowledge? Was it blundering? He says, no, I'm just playing too quickly. Uh, he is an MD uh, on an ER. He has to make instant decisions. And this was a habit from his college days. So we changed the setup in his room. And he has a physical board to emulate kind of the situation that he has in tournament play. And so in general, if you look to habits, I also use the model. Like you have a cue, a trigger, a routine, and a reward. And you change sometimes the environment to change the habit. It's very hard, just like dieting. And one yeah, final example. Yeah, um, let's hear it. Yeah. There was a student who was a piece up in a Lee Chess 45-45 game, but his opponent had a lot of activity and my student lost eventually. I asked him what he had calculated at the critical moment. He was honest and he said he played the move based on his gut feel. So in training, he's excellent in just looking at the characteristics of the position, then analyzing the moves and coming up with the critical variations. But somehow he went back to his reflexes when he was playing his slow game in the Lee Chess League and he went back to his gut feel. So what we instituted as a remediation is that when he plays his Lee Chess 45-45 games, he whispers his principal variations to the spectators. So there's a command in Lee Chess where you can whisper your, uh, your annotations so your opponent doesn't see it. So you type it in the chat box. To be yeah, he, he, he types it in the chat box. So that's kind of going public with what you're actually thinking. And it can be, of course, embarrassing when you miss out on complete variations. But it forces him to make explicit what his, uh, what his analysis is. And, and also to, not to, uh, to, to, um, to go by his gut feel, but really to use his uh, calculation skills. So these are the ways. So you, you think about, you start to continue to ask why when you analyze your game. And then you go to the root cause. You say, which skill or habit do I have to change? And then you, you kind of develop a remediation plan. So typically when I used to do uh, analysis of my own games, you know, I look at, everyone says, don't analyze with your 
uh, engine, but it's so tempting just to see the evaluation graph of the engine, to look at the mountains and the cliffs, to the, <laughs> the moments where the evaluation uh, drastically changed, to say, what should I have done here, to look up the theory, and then to move on. But what I'm trying to do is, to, is make it a little bit more fundamental and, and think about just collecting skills over time. So when you do things differently, you collect more and more skills and change your habits. I believe that will translate in you being a different chess player over the board. Okay, so you gave the example of acquiring a skill, like uh, maybe converting a certain rook ending. But what about stuff that's a little squishier, you know, like a lot of them, it's just like I need to blunder less, or you gave the example of I move too fast, there's I, I move yes. too slow. What would be some other skills that we could uh, focus on instead of just uh, building knowledge by reading books? Yeah, so not blundering. It's great that you mentioned that. So they asked Grishuk how to become a better uh, chess player at club level, and he answered simply, "Stop blundering." Yeah, exactly. It is, it is, it is funny, but at the same time, very true. And it's even true, I think, at the highest levels. So when you see Magnus Carlsen, uh, and he was asked about the chances of uh, Ian Nepomniachtchi for the candidates before the candidates took place, he says Ian's ceiling is as high as the best, but his floor is lower. That is why Caruana and Ding are overall still better. So raise your floor the way Ian did in the second half of the candidate matches, and you will become a better chess player. So one thing, of course, so there are two takeaways. The first one is about when you evaluate yourself, think about what is hindering your performance. Is it your floor or is it your ceiling? And I think with a lot of players, it is actually their floor. They have to raise their floor and they will have better performance. So what are the ways to, to, to blunder less? Of course, there's the easy blunder check, right? You look at unprotected pieces. You look at checks. You look at threats, possibly like Ramashat, pawn breakthroughs. Um, so that's, that's the way to, to go. Then if you look to the steps method, explicitly and and how to avoid blundering it is by decoupling the evaluation the seeing of the position and the calculation part so when i'm working with my students and i ask them tell me what you see i don't want moves just tell me what you see tell me about the pins in the position tell me about unprotected pieces tell me about the safety of the king tell me about which pieces are at the knight's most distance and when they went go through that process, at the end, they solve tactics so easily. They see everything and they say it's trivial, but it, I think it has to do with the fact that they decouple the seeing and take the moment for that and then afterwards go to the, go to the calculation part. So um, I made a, a list of what are the top missing skills and, and they're not surprising. So the first one is concrete calculation. And also when I was watching the Leeches 4045 uh, League, I noticed that a lot of players are talking about the chess games in, in, general, in generalities. So I think calculation is still very hard for a lot of people. So that's the skill that you have to work on. Taking into account the possibilities of your opponent, having complete board vision and visualization skill how to play the opening after the theory ends. So you know you have memorized the first moves, but then you have your position. Do you know the plans that come with that pawn structure? And in general, with 
the, the opening that you have played, where to put your pieces, or what you have to try to achieve. And if you think about these examples, you, you think like, do, did I ever make a study plan to, to, to go to this opening and to think about how do I play it after I, 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 uh, I stop with the theory that I know? And I think that could be useful for a lot of players. So let me go to the top uh, bad habits. I yeah, let's do one, it. Yeah, the first one is, like we already discussed, is like regressing playing on gut instead of calculation. So a lot of players know to evaluate a position, they know uh, to calculate, but in the end, they go back to gut feel. They are still too excited in the moment. So decouple those and, st and stay with your calculation. Your favorite, getting in time trouble. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also there are other elements, like being too tired, like I mentioned. Like it can be for adults who, who hang out in the bar until 3 a.m. in the morning hey, because now, they like to catch up with their friends. <laughs> what are you right? trying to say? <laughs> or, or, or adults uh, or seniors like me who, after eight hours of play in the, in the U.S. weekend tournament, are just too tired for the Sunday rounds uh, in the early morning. That can be that, that those can be uh, that, that that influences the level of your play for sure. Another one is not a, being able to sustain focus during the whole game. And like we said, your floor is determined by your worst moves. So think about: Are you able to sustain your focus during the whole game? And finally, playing too quickly. That's another element. Okay. Wow. So much information packed and we went a little over 10 minutes, but this has been um, fantastic, Han. And I think what I'd like to do is, um, again, it's it's so much information that uh, it'll be tough to narrow to, to get it to three bullet points, but I'm going to try, Han. And then if you're up for it, you could stick around and we could chat for a few more minutes. Yeah. So my recommendations for the players, first is when you analyze your game, look deeper than what I mentioned, the cliffs and the mountains, and the theory you missed. Uh, but instead, think about which skills you need and which habits you have to change to win the game next time. That's the first recommendation. Okay. And then make a plan also how you're going to verify that you have acquired the skills and change your habits. It's, it's, it's difficult. The second thing is in general, if you make your study plan, approach it from the other way around. So instead of making a study plan where you focus on acquiring knowledge, make a study plan where you say, I want to build this skill. I want to change this habit and make a study plan in, in that way. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. But of course, the real work begins once once the plan is made. You actually have to do it. It's, <laughs> yes. the, it's the tricky thing. But uh, Yes, but, yes. And that's what uh, I think if you look to the, the book of uh, Davarin Kuljasevic, um, I think one thing that stood out for me is discipline, right? You make a plan and then you have to execute it. And that's that takes a lot of discipline, but that's where that's also what in the end pays off. Okay. Well, excellent stuff. Very inspiring, Han. Um, actionable for me and I think for, for many who are listening and or watching as well. Um so thanks for thanks for sharing your tips. And uh Han, um before we let you go, uh 
tell us about, um, so we're recording on video and you've got this amazing background of uh, Dubov's Explosive Italian. Um, so some of you listening may not get to see this amazing background with a chess diagram in green screen and everything. But anyway, could, tell us a little bit about this opening that uh, Dubov uh, uh, unleashed and that you have uh, researched and created a course out of. Yeah, so Dubov is one of my favorite players. He's so inspiring and creative. And I think he is, uh, I mean, he was the Rapid World Champion uh, in 2018. And so in the 2020 finals of the Russian Championships, he beat Karyakin, the Minister of Defense, with a beautiful queen sacrifice on move 19. And a lot of people will remember the queen sacrifice because it was like dubbed the move of the year, but they don't remember the opening. And it was based on Italian game. So e4, e5, now that's three knight c6, bishop c4, bishop c5. That's the standard. Then c3, so white wants to occupy the center. Knight f6, d4, black takes on d4, e takes d4, and then b4. So b4 was the new move. It had been played a long time before, but never at this level. And it is so much fun to play. It is very easy to learn for the white side. And it is played in uh, only a few games. So are, are, have been played so far with it. That will change probably with uh, with this course being out. But um, I had so much success with it. And also the, the people who are have bought this course and are um, they are sharing their games. And it's amazing to see um, what kind of attacking positions they get. Yeah, I, when I saw it, I mentioned to you online, oh, that could be it. Because like a lot of players, when I play E4, it's like you want to play something dynamic, but something that, you know, there's still fresh terrain. It's not yes. 25 moves of theory. So it's a nice mix. And as you say, Dubov's a, a great exemplar for a lot of uh, opening fresh ideas. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So um, I, I, I have uh, two books on the Evans Gambit, but at the moment I'm exclusively playing this new idea. And um, it's given me great victories and a lot of fun. Excellent. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, we will link to that as well as uh, how to reach you, Han. Um, thanks so much for sharing your, your insights. And again, um, it, it always makes me think, and then I just I need to I need to change these habits, uh, that, which is obviously the, a colossal challenge in chess as in life. But uh, but it, at least at least you know what to do uh, after hearing your insights. Thanks again for having me, Ben. It was a pleasure. Okay, take care, Han. 